Welcome to another episode of The Exchange, where our hearts, souls, and ears come together for reciprocity and transformation. I am your host, Deborah Faith, and when we get together, we explore topics that help us to better understand ourselves and one another. The Exchange is my personal invitation for you to take inventory of your life. This is our space to be free, vulnerable, transparent. So live in it, learn from it, invite others to it, and most of all, protect it. Take care of it and it will take care of you. A special dope guest in the building. Hello. Yeah, yeah. Nah. I, listen, <laughs> this season has been the of all season, and I've been blessed enough to have some amazing people and especially amazing men on the show. So, so I need y'all to welcome Ambition the Poet to the show. Yes, yes, yes. Thank you, thank you. I hear the applause. I hear the clapping <laughs> in the background of the crowd going crazy. Go Please crazy. calm down. Yeah, calm yeah, down. yeah. Everything is good. Security uh, is tight up here, so. <laughs> yeah, ain't gonna no. be no slack and no jumping up on the stage. No, we ain't doing that. We ain't doing that. No, jurors. But I'm so happy to have you. I <laughs> know you, you traveled a, a very long way. Yes, it was a little hike up the pike, but it's all good. <laughs> You was trying to get me with the remote thing. I said, nope. It got to be in person. I I, love the way the setup is. Oh, and I I love for you to even travel as far. Thank you. Um, I I actually got exposed to you through one of my hiking friends and one of my loves, Brenda. Mm -hmm. Y'all know Brenda. Shout out to Brenda. (laughs) Miss We Care. That's how I know by. (laughs) Miss We Care, yes. Um, That is my heart. And Mm -hmm. I was privileged enough to attend a play you had last year. Was it last year? Last year, yeah. yeah, in the middle of the pandemic, yep, yeah, yeah. But it was an amazing play. Mm-hmm. It blessed my spirit, and I was like, I've, I've been. I didn't know you, you came all the way down from so where I, you I was at. About to say, yeah, the so exchange. now, exactly. You see what I mean? like, so grateful for you being there. Yeah, because yeah. yeah. I, I, I know, I know how you felt coming up here because yeah, I was driving down here like. Yeah, you came all the way to Williamstown yeah, just to see me. So I appreciate. But that. it was so it. dope. Mm-hmm. I love what you're doing in the poetry poetry space. Um, but I love your story. Thank you. Um, and I wanted to I wanted to bring you on because I really wanted to share your journey and I wanted to learn more about it from I appreciate the that. perspective of, of the exchange place. Right. Now that's a transparent place, so we kinda talk about a yeah, little bit of everything. It. We we kinda uncover everything. <laughs> yeah. But I know that you are a foster child. Correct. Um and I wanted to talk about that and kind of your journey through that and what that looked like mm-hmm. um for you. So Go ahead, yeah, shoot the first question. Let me, let me, let me, What's let the me first break one? it down. So, no, how long were you, were you always in foster care? Yeah, or? so, um, back and forth. Okay. So, so, because my mom, my mother was on drugs at the time, um, there's a lot of back and forth when you're in the system, and if you already have cases opened on you, um, for your previous kids, mm-hmm. sometimes you're, you're, you're born kid gets automatically into the system as well. So there's a lot of um, complications as far as like, you know, when I was in the system, but I definitely know I was in the system round two. Um, There was some back and forth with my biological family, Mm -hmm. um, but that didn't last long. And then I was into multiple group homes. 
foster homes and then ended up being adopted. Wow. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I would basically say be early childhood, like as soon as out the womb, the system already started um, inter- intervening into wow. my mother's life because of her uh, drug issues. So, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So what did that what did that look like as a I, I'm, I'm sure I don't know how far you remember mm-hmm. back but like I could definitely take me back you. to your childhood like what does so that look let me, like Yeah, I always tell people and some clients to talk from perspective of sitting in my chair. Mm-hmm. So imagine someone telling you right now to go into a stranger's house and spend the night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Like randomly. And this is a good neighborhood. So imagine if it's a, a neighborhood in North Philly and someone's telling you that you are now about to spend the night into a random stranger's house. Yeah. You have no idea um, where you are because your location um, understanding is confused because you're still a kid. Yeah. I remember going into a house in this dark. I remember um, going into um, it's time to go to bed, but it's it's really dark in the hallway, but it's your first night. And you don't understand why you're there, and you definitely not going to sleep. Um, I could walk you through Dang. the freedom of being able to go into the refrigerator. You can't do that in foster care, right? Like you literally cannot just go to the refrigerator as a kid and just open up because that's a stranger's house, yeah. and you're not acclimated with them. So um, access to food is interesting because you just can't. Go there, and some foster kids will tell you that there is locks on refrigerators in some houses. Absolutely. Get out of here. Um, what else? Um, middle of the night, you may just be told it's time to go, right? Because at that time, in, in foster care, depending on the situation, it's temporary. Yeah. So imagine going to someone's house two weeks, it's time to go to another house. Dang. A month, it's time to go to someone else's house. Because some people are keeping you temporary, and some people keep you long term. So it can be just a, a mix of of uh, staying time, um, and all of that's happening to you while you're still trying to find your identity as a kid. I was about to say, like as a, as a child, because right. you mentioned something that I was thinking. Like I know I wouldn't sleep. I don't sleep. Even if you go to, and I, I don't know if this is everybody for the audiences that that are listening, but like. <laughs> Even going to, like, a hotel or, like, sleeping somewhere different, right? For me, that's kind of hard. The first night, I don't sleep well. So I'm thinking of that, A, as a child, Mm -hmm. number one, and B, like, what emotional kind of, what's emotionally happening to you at that place Mm -hmm. of kind of being bounced around and probably not even knowing how to articulate what you feel. Right. At the time, you can't. Yeah. You because it's so much. Somebody yeah. say, "How does it feel?" I say, "I don't. I can't explain it to you. How does it feel?" I could walk you through some experiences, but the feeling there's so many different emotions at once. Yeah, anger, confusion, but then you lost no identity. Where am I at? Who are these people? Yeah, like even your social workers and dealing with that part, they switch and constantly change. Yeah, so there's no constant in your life. Yeah, it's a constant it's a revolving door from people from the system. And then people that you're trying to live with and trying to find stability. Yeah. Yeah. So at what point were you kind of, as you're navigating that space and place, which I'm Mm -hmm. sure, again, my heart goes out. I'm over here like, don't cry. I'm always always crying on the show. But like in the navigation of that, Mm -hmm. 
I guess, and the emotional toll and everything, you still have to go to school. Yeah. So you still are looked at to be able to have to be able to perform to a certain level. Correct. Where your home environment is not necessarily conducive to that. Like, right. you know what so I mean? So now it's like, I got to go to school, but like you're going to school from a house that you don't feel comfortable with, and now the school has changed. Yeah. So now you got that, you, have, you know, when you was in school and that kid walk in and they got that look like, Either number one, they're definitely poor mm-hmm. and they're not sure of themselves. So now the bullying comes in because uh. it's like you don't <laughs> like you go to school, but you don't feel happy about yourself or your situation. Yeah, and you know the clothes you have on, like they hand me downs. Yeah, they're they ain't fresh, and so now you have to try to keep yourself together. Mm-hmm. But you know your presentation is not well. And you know you're going through a lot, and as a child, you wear it. Yeah. So people can see, like, can you're going see. through a storm. Wow. Yeah. So do you feel like you were targeted at those places and all yeah. different schools? Because I know, first of all, um, so my youngest son is 15, <laughs> and um, we've been talking about relocation. Okay. And, I, of course, one of the harder things for me is, like, I, he's in high school. Okay. So, I, you know, he's grown up there. So I'm always thinking about that in the back of my head. But now, listening to you, I'm mm. thinking... You said, again, those places could be temporary. So if I'm there two weeks, am I in one school? And then am I in a different school? It's hard. And I would think, I tell, even as parents, as I grow up, yeah, be careful. If if whatever the school, that school age or block, so high school 9 to 12, keep it constant as much as you can. Yeah. Um, Because, like you said, now they got to go to a new school. But imagine being a foster child on top of that. On top of that. That's what I mean. So we, I'm still black. I'm still, I still have the regular black struggles. But I always tell people, like, foster care adds that extra layer. Yeah. So not only I'm poor, we all from the hood, most of us are Mm -hmm. first generation Hood people anyway, so yep, we in empire, right? We're <laughs> empire for the most yeah. part. We from the hood, yeah. So now imagine you being from the hood, but we're the second tier under that. So basically, we're the tier before homelessness, and then poverty. But we're in extreme poverty because we are considered what I would always say the thrown away kids. Mm. So our parents are doing drugs and involved in the system. But it's worse because our parents are so bad, are so worse off, they can't take care of us. Yeah. And now, like you said, you got to go to school, and it's not going well. They they can look at you and be like, nah. And then they look at your mom, and now they know that's not his mom. Because my mom looks Indian. I love my mom, but she looks Indian when she is. And she's older. My mom is 72. So imagine back then, Uh, my mom ain't looking like the young spunky moms. (laughs) No disrespect to my mom out there. But she's looking fresh. Yeah, mom looking good. But they could tell her she don't look like them. Mm. They know your brothers don't look like you. They know that your clothes is not fresh. They know you're going through a storm. And now the questions are arising because they know, like, is that your real mom? And now I'm having to, like, lie. Oh, yeah, yes. That's not But they're like, she don't look like you, though. Imagine answering that at 10. At 10. Ugh. So those things. Yeah. Like, are you from here? Well, no, yes. 
but I'm really not from Jersey. Yeah. I'm from Philly. Okay. But how do I explain, you know, I always say in this, the, 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 the one poem, Be Yourself Before I Get Started, the, the poem I always tell people that the intro is like, how do I tell people from Philly I'm from Philly, but then Jersey people think I'm not from there, but I'm from Philly, but I can't explain it because at 10, how you going to walk through somebody what adoption and foster care is like? Yeah. You know, at that time, you're talking about mid-90s, most people didn't even, they don't even know what foster care, they they don't no. even know that complication. If you don't know what that is and it hasn't touched your life, trying to explain it at, at 10 is crazy. It's crazy. So it was like I was constantly stuck trying to explain my existence. Yeah, and who you are. Who I am. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So from two, you said about till. So, so from two to about eight. Okay. Okay. Still, I'm in the foster home. Last foster home I remember is in something called Nice Town, uh, Philadelphia. This is a portion of, of North Philly. Mm-hmm. And then, to me, it felt like overnight I went from extreme poverty to the suburbs of New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Something called Sickleville, New Jersey, Southern New Jersey. Yeah. So that's two hours away from where we are. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> y'all, just so y'all know. Just so you know. So, and then just trying to figure out. Now I'm in Jersey, but it's middle class, but I still got the poverty look. Yeah. I still look like I'm fresh out the inner city, and so now I got to adjust again. Mm. But I'm happy now because the living conditions is better. Okay. Everything is better. Everything, like I said, you know, as a kid, you just, at that time, I'm thinking I'm rich. Like, how do I even get here? Like, you know. Yeah. But, um. What did that adjustment look like, though, from... From poverty to that, that in middle such class, a, you know, in such a short period of time, like what did that do to you Shock. as a kid? Like, are you shocked? You At said the time you thought you was used rich. to grass. Oh yeah, like like like. So we didn't have grass where I grew up. Facts. <laughs> so when you get like older, grass. yeah, you you like grass. You like you know, even if you're used to the city and you kind of go somewhere, and you like, like damn, it's a lot of trees and grass. Yeah. It's just different. So imagine as a kid, like trying to get used to that. Yeah, and there's white people. Yeah. Like where I'm from, there wasn't no white people like that. So now the neighbor is literally white. So that was a, a adjustment. Mm. Um understanding that um there's like nobody outside. Like nobody in certain in the parts corner. of New Jersey and the developments we lived in we have developments down there in South Jersey. I don't know what y'all got up in north because it's a little different. Hey, no, nah, we got we, <laughs> we got the same thing. Ain't no grass in the So there's but grass we, patches. Oh, it's patches. <laughs> it's patches. But it's all love. But yeah, it's yeah, not yeah. grass. Like, um, like yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, but it's 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 just different. The environment's different. There's people that's not outside. Mm-hmm. Um this is the first time where people are making fun of me more so of where I'm from because as that time in South Jersey suburban kids look down on cities okay. they don't like when you're in a city depending on what section you're from and how poor and how rough it is that gives you like it gives you, you clout yeah like, like you know a, what section I'm from let's not like, do that don't, like, I was about to say, yeah, like, we throw hands there yeah like, we throw hands there Yeah, because people barely make it out of there so being from there, you know what type of cloth I'm made from. Yeah. But when you move to the suburbs and now you're like, I'm from Philly. Oh, really? Like, There's are you okay? Kind of. Judgment is rough. Yeah. And that, and that was weird. I'm like, what's wrong with being from Philly? 
Yeah. I don't know nothing. And I'm telling my mom, like, is something wrong with being for Philly? Oh, don't worry about that. These kids don't. They're spoiled or they, you know, they're entitled. They don't really know. So they don't know anything else. Coming from an inner city and then my clothes is not up to par and my, you know, nice sneakers, nice everything. Everything was more about the materialism, but from we know you don't have it. So they was taking on, you know, the personality of their parents. Mm-hmm. And I had to deal with that. And I couldn't, I didn't have a personality because... You know, you say, I'm just fresh out of foster care. Yeah. And my mom is a very humble lady. So it was just like, just adjusting to the kids in the neighborhood mm-hmm. um, and dealing with the bullying as it relates to the way I looked and the way I carried myself and where I was from. So, yeah. Can we talk about your parents? Absolutely. Um, who... Who adopted you? What did that look like? I mean, I it love them already. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you're going to love them in the story. I, I, say, I love them in the story, and I, I, I love that they, you know, even had room not only in their home but in their hearts for you, right? Yeah. Um, but like, what did that look like? And did it take you a long time to kind of yeah. get comfortable with them? Yeah. Because when you, you had from, bounced around? I think a lot of us from the inner city, depending on you know how. We we came up mm-hmm. that the word love we we don't really get it, especially when you're young and you understand when your parents is not the most loving people and your family is is going through storms and it's been destroyed for the most part. So when I got to meet this lady, she's like, "I love you" and all of this, and I'm like, "Oh, like first of all, <laughs> Philly, like we like." You tell me you love me, you don't even know me. The concept of loving somebody without knowing them was out of my mind. Like, no, that's not possible because, and I will always say, how can you love me when my mom don't, when my own family don't? Mm-hmm. And where I come from, we're not just saying, I love you. That's that's not happening in Philly. Still right now, we're not going around. I, hey, guy on the corner <laughs> born in Lehigh I love you I love it's just you. not how it works yeah. so when she was trying to explain to me what love was it was an adjustment of my entire mental my whole mental yeah, was yeah. changed and then she was just telling me um, the first time I understood the concept of you could do something for someone without wanting anything back mm-hmm. and I was just like but why are you loving? Why are you helping what me? What do you want? Yeah, yeah what do like, you want I from can't me? give like you anything. That. Like, even as a kid, I was kind of like confused on that. So, that was a real big thing I would say to you about adjusting to yeah. someone saying they love you when you like, oh, yeah. I don't know about that. I think, and I love that you touched on this because I mm-hmm. think, and I know I grew up, and not because I was in foster care, but I think in the hood, we have more of a transactional love. Uh-huh. In the sense of like, like you said, like, what am I giving you that you want to, or right. what's the exchange of that? But it's more transactional when love doesn't look like that. You know it's what I really mean? It's really not. It's really but not. But the way we use it yeah. is like, all right, yeah, you give me something, I give you. Yeah, okay. I give you something you back. You say you love me. You, I'm guessing you want me to say I do love you, you want, back. Yeah. Do you want, what do you want from me in right. return from that, and not just the act of love? And love is an action That's word. Right. Yeah. So it's and like she's like no. Because Christianity is like, she was teaching me that too. Like, no, we love with nothing, with no intention. It's just giving. And that's where, because she was like, one day you're going to have to explain it and also have to give that. So be helpful to people 
where you're not expecting nothing back. Yeah. And more, like you say, when we go through the world, we just believe love and doing things for people is transactional when it's really not. It's not. It's not. It's not. So as you, okay, as you're going through the journey, which I'm like, my <laughs> mouth is open, even though it's not open, y'all, but it is because I'm, I'm, I'm trying to absorb and process this in the moment, um, of course. But as you're walking through this, or even now, like, what do you think that has birthed in the man that you are? Besides your amazing poetry and all right, of that, but right. like, do you think you've had any areas that still show up or has oh, yeah. shown up throughout life and like... Mm-hmm. Yeah, so let's I'm, talk I'm coming about out those. with a so that, that segue <laughs> into what I'm coming out with. Okay. So I'm coming out with a book called Dating with Foster Care in My Bags. Okay. Mm. So the first four books were like me just spilling out, I'm from foster care and this is what happened, childhood. Mm-hmm. It was a lot going trauma on, trauma. Yeah. These are my thoughts. So now I'm taking y'all back to the beginning of what it was like to try to date with that foster care let's talk heavy about in the that. bags, okay? Yeah, let's so talk about that. So when you ask me, <laughs> does it still show up? Absolutely. In relationships? Yeah. Um, what does it look all, like? Oh, it's bad. I'm not okay. going to hold you. All right. No, we're going to talk about this. Is, we, okay. we being transparent. We being transparent. That's what we do here. Our marriage rates, our divorce rates, mm-hmm. our relationship. I wish somebody would... I'm, I'm sure there's a study on... Our relationship success rates as foster kids, I know it's way the failure rate is above fifty percent. Yeah, you think we so? We because there's abandonment that still haunts you. It's I have to consistently. I talked about this in the one interview where we talk about something called mental scarring. Mm-hmm. It's it's. I'm not fresh. Like oh, if we talking, I'm like you know. Oh, you're gonna leave me. It ain't, like, weird like that. Mm-hmm. But it's, like, I know you went on a date with her, but how we know she ain't going to leave? We don't, uh... Do we really need to love on her like this? Let's just make sure we have an exit plan. Because Dang. not only did your family leave you, let's, let's keep it a buck. I mean, we, we haven't had that much success with women all the way back to your mother. So I have to consistently fight that. Okay. Okay, that's all the time, every day, doing poetry, doing anything. These are regular friends, the abandonment, scarring, and fight, and this whispering of people are not really there or may leave, have an exit. If they say anything about leaving or I don't care, Let's hit the exit door. So do you leave physically or is it more of a you're still in that relationship or still have because you talked about friendships too, right? Mm -hmm. You still have that friendship, but you're not as invested. You're there, but you're not invested emotionally in it. So one of the things is that I still stay, but with friendships, friends. Okay. I got you. Because my friends know, Brian, like I'm here. Yeah. These are friends I had for 10 to 15 years. Gotcha. And I know you get a little, we got into a little argument and you started to bring up some things, but I'm your friend. I've always been your friend for this amount of years. I'm not going anywhere. Gotcha. So then the, the little boy or the rage of a man is like, oh, I got to, I got to, I got to chill. That's not, yeah. they're not going nowhere. Yeah. Now on the relationship side, which I know a lot of 
former foster kids and adoptees, they'll tell you, like, yeah, if for some of us, we out of there. If you say, if we dating and you like, yo, you know what? Like, I just feel like this ain't working and da da da. You might just be expressing yourself. Like how I feel at that But moment. yeah, but yeah. for us, we like, uh oh. What you hear is a whole They're nother. about to leave. Yeah. I told you this is what. And so we struggle with the constant um, abandonment effect that may not even exist. Mm. And as a grown man or woman, we do go through therapy most of well, for for me at the time they put all the kids through therapy that was in foster care all the way into um I was out the system, right? And we have to constantly fight that and deal with that. And so this book is going into that direction because I have to get over the hump of like when I first came and tried to date girls and, and, and try to tell girls that I like them, mm-hmm. being called ugly, being called um, poor, you, you know, your clothes aren't this. Who are you? You don't even yeah. have a mom and all those type of things. So that started very young. And then I got to try to fight that rejection. Wow. So. I love, first <clears> of all, <throat> thank you for sharing. Because I think that's something that most people won't say, but definitely men won't say <clears throat> or or have enough self-awareness to admit that. <clears throat> so I love that you're doing this book, first of all. Um, I want to touch on the abandonment mm. part and even when you said like you're leaving do you announce your departure <laughs> when you leave I'm just yeah. asking well I, I was so I'm talking to a girl and I said if if you ever to say I don't care or you know you feel some type of way I'm going to ask you like when you say I don't care what do you mean because my question is trying to figure out, hey, like, before we even get in the relationship, mm-hmm. I need to know. I'm going to ask you these questions because they're, I'm confirming. Are you saying you don't care about me? <laughs> or like or the situation? Yeah, you, you, you're saying that you done with, like, this conversation or you done with me? So I'm, I'm I ask the question like let me know <laughs> you because want the clarification. my right because the, the whispering in the back is like uh oh they leaving again. Mm-hmm. Why do we keep putting our heart at risk when we already been through this as a young boy? Yeah, a lot of men won't admit this either. It also goes in the reverse when we get angry. So, you know, if I'm angry mm-hmm. and we get to arguing. And then you start talking about you gonna leave, then sometimes that abandonment and rejection could come out and we weaponize it. So then we like, it doesn't matter if you leave anyway. You know my past, you know my background. So I ain't never been scared for somebody to leave. And Uh I've been told that I've done that. Mm -hmm. And so weaponizing what happened to me is also dangerous as well. So there's a good book called What Happened to Me. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you've ever read it, but I'm going to suggest it to you. Um, okay. It's Oprah Winfrey. And for anyone else who has these issues, or not even these issues, mm-hmm. I think just trauma in general, because mm-hmm. it helped me. Um, but it's called um, What Happened to Me. It's Oprah Winfrey and Bruce Perry, I believe. Okay. Um, but it talks about kind of those triggers. Mm-hmm. And when certain things like that come up, how you respond and where it comes from. Correct. And 
it'll bless anybody who listens. You, better, you gotta send me the link. Don't forget to send me that link. No, it's a really good book and it's a <laughs> short book. I my class my car is my classroom, so I of course listen to books all the, the time. I don't have yeah, I don't have time to always sit down and read. But when I'm in my car and driving, I read. But that's a good book and it's a short book, but it is very insightful mm-hmm. and it will make you even look deeper than you're already looking. Mm-hmm. Sidebar. So. I love that we're talking about this, first of all, because mm. I think relationships, we talk about relationships a little bit on the podcast, but we don't talk about it. Like, too, like mm, a little bit? We do. I mean, we talk about relationships, but I don't know um, if we talk about, because I feel like there's a whole bunch of podcasts about relationships sometimes, and I feel like yes. we hear all the time, mm. but I don't think we do enough, and this is sparking something in my own head, um, of this level of kind of pulling back the covers of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so as you're dating, let's let's just let's stay on relationships for a minute. As you're dating, do you disclose this information to people? I mean, I know Absolutely. people know that you're a, a, a foster child, right? Mm-hmm. That's something that's kind of like public and all of that. But mm-hmm. do you feel like you do a good job translating that to people so yeah. they know up front what to expect, or is it kind of the yeah? <laughs> when, no, when I try to. It's kind of like yeah, no. Ah. Let's not lie. In okay. The past, you okay. got smacked with it. Okay. You know, you might say something like, you know what? I don't care what you do. And then I'm in the whole fit like, oh, you don't care what I do. It don't matter. Da, 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 da. Yeah. But as I'm getting older. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, well, a lot of, you know, transparent, a lot of women are mm-hmm. taking interest because of the type of poetry I do anyway. Okay. So then, hey, you know, you cute or whatever. But, um... I heard your poetry and the foster care thing, so now they start digging. Yeah. So I got to be transparent. Like, yeah, no, yeah. when you hear these Revenge of the Foster Kid or you hear um, the, the poem called um, This is Stories of a Foster Child, mm-hmm. um, yeah, um, love, I do get a little bit angry. Mm-hmm. Um, I do want to warn you that... Um, it can come out, you know, and I, you know, if you say certain things. So when the talking stages... You know, like now, you you want to tell that person, here's what I don't like. Here's what I here's what I do. Like here's a little bit different than me. You mm-hmm. know, um, so you have to. I have to be honest because my work is so out there. Yeah. That you know, when you're talking to me, you more likely gonna go through my work. Let me see what he's saying, <laughs> and then they be like, so in this one poem you said <laughs> this, What's that and mean? I'm like, yeah, that's the truth. Yeah. Um, I feel like this. I feel rejected. I felt. You know this, so you know it is a little bit different than you dating a another black man at this age and at this status because I have the layers of foster care, yeah. and we're not going to hide some of the issues that come with that. And this is me, um, and this is what I come with. But you know, I'm a good person, but there's some things that come with it. You yeah. know, that's just part of the game. Yeah, and it's nothing I can do with it. So the same thing you're attracted to. When you see me speak and with passion, that also comes with the passion of what I've been through. What you've been through. That fire created a diamond, but, you know, the diamond also wants to tell you about what it was like to go through, you know, that hot heating process that that hurt that diamond before yeah. it became shiny, right? So. Yeah. I love that. So question, mm. do you have, I know you said you went back and forth with your biological mom. Do you mm. have a relationship with her No, now? so um, I, 
what's funny is, and I'm glad we talked about this because it put it on record mm-hmm. that DHS um, never they don't really necessarily help you find your family after you get adopted. Are you serious? No, that's real. They don't help you. The system has a viewpoint of when you're adopted. Good luck. We're so happy. We found you a family. You cool. You're off the books. There's no more involvement from the state. There's wow. the problem. I got a whole set of family roaming around the street. I could be talking to anybody. Like, what's going on? So I ended up finding them through Facebook. Oh, okay. I was about yeah. to say, please please say that yeah. you found them. So I ended up Yay! finding them through Facebook. Um, that didn't go... Um, is it's not a happy story, but okay. I will say I got to meet them. We had a you know a, a reunion, get to meet them. Um, I got to see her, um, and I was at age twenty six. Okay. At that point, my memory of what she even looked at when I was a kid, I had no idea what she looked like. Okay. No, I had no idea what my siblings looked like, except for like my sister. Okay. Um, that was faintly. Um, so, yeah, I do know what they look like. I, they're still living. I keep in contact with some of the siblings. Okay. But the relationship is not um, It's not a happy story because you're meeting people as grown adults. Yeah. So now you're trying to, yo, you my bro. It's, it's hard. It's hard. So you got to learn them. You got to try to. So we in the building process. Um, but, yeah, it's, you know, um, I love them. But I have my own, my adoptive family is a lot. Yeah. They already, you know, we got our own dramas, we got our own issues. <laughs> That's fine. And with That's all family. respect, like I told, I was like, yo, I told my one biological brother, Joss, uh, you know, I love y'all, I got, I got everything for y'all, but um, I, I got my own family here, and I love y'all, but to take on two families would be too much, because I'm a really big rock in the my adoptive family now. Okay. So, you know, sometimes you have to be honest with what you can take on. Yeah. And I tell these adoptees, too, like, you know, every it's not the same TV. And so be careful when you start trying to dig your biological family back up mm-hmm. because there is some reasons why it's not connected. Yeah. It's not by accident. And so what ends up happening is is that you they go back and try to dig it up mm-hmm. and then they get let down. Yeah. And, but now they're adults and then they they did all of that healing just for it to be destroyed because they try to reunite and yeah. try to get it back and it's not that way. I, so. I, loved, I love that you said capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, I want the guests to tap into that of like and whatever your situation is like knowing your own capacity mm-hmm. and knowing that though I know you have love for your your family or your biological family because they're biologically mm-hmm. family um, that you have already family that you've been loved by taught by mm-hmm. groomed by reared by and you don't have people don't always necessarily understand that like right. There is a limit. There's a limit. People no. don't think that. Though. Listen, they, oh, I could be family with. Listen, really? not even just family or friends. friends. I had um, a friend, and I'll just share this briefly. I had a friend who I've known my whole entire life, and I love the relationship that we have. We kind of, you know, holidays okay. and that kind of stuff. We link up, and I remember us having a conversation like, "Oh, they wanted to be closer to me," and I was like, "I don't have the space for that," mm-hmm. and. 
<laughs> another friend of mine was like, "Do you do? Did I think that was too raw?" I said, "I don't because I don't want. I didn't want somebody whom I love. I do love, mm-hmm. right? To feel kind of. I don't want to say left out, but feel that." I wasn't giving what right. I didn't have the capacity to you give in that mom- moment. Right. Like, there's only, you know how people be like, your circle's small. I 100% understand that. And sometimes it's mm-hmm. not because you don't want to be friends with others, but it takes a it's lot, a lot to of work. Basically, have a relationship with anybody, whether it's friendships, whether it is mm-hmm. intimate relationships, businessships, and all of that. And you really have to. Be honest with yourself mm-hmm. and be able to be like, uh, I don't have the I can't, I can't, yeah. I can't see I that right you, now. I love you, but I really, we could do the Mondays and Tuesdays. Yeah. But if you're trying to extend this to the other five days, we can't, no. Yeah. And, and I, like you, being honest being is honest. the best way. And yeah. if they, it's, it's all you can take. Because yeah. if not, then you're hurting yourself. Hurting yourself, yourself and a, also disappointing yeah. somebody else. Right. Like, I think for me in that area of... Um, capacity. There's always a space of like kind of I've always overextended, okay. and I love hard, right? I love people hard. I love relationships hard, and I'm often always reevaluating who relation, what relationships I would say who, but what relationships I have because uh-huh. I want to be, I want to show up 100 percent right. in those relationships, and not let people who want to be closer to me. At a, at a certain space, only give them 50% right. or 20%. You know right. what I'm saying? It's like, we're cool, but, you know, stay uh, over there. Yeah. So I love the wisdom in that of saying, mm-hmm. you know, to your family, who's biologically your family, like, I don't have the space and place or capacity for you can't right it. now. Because I'm a serious, like, anybody that get to know me, you can mm-hmm. ask Brenda, mm-hmm. like, I, like, I'll call Brenda we ain't, matter of fact I'll probably call her after I leave here <laughs> yo we ain't talk X amount of time she be like yeah but I, yo I'm just making sure I do my job yeah. like I take my friendships and family ship business serious but like I don't you guys my mom I call her every day 8 o'clock I call my brother I try to once a week like I'm serious so because like you said I, I put a lot into my relationships yeah. that also has to deal with what I've been through mm-hmm. and understanding that, like you said, capacity and availability and relationship, whether it's business, intimate, it's commitment. Yeah, it is. Of energy. And 100%. if you don't have it, don't even play with it. Don't even play with it. I don't want to even tell y'all <laughs> I'm about to be this this amazing brother. No, I'm not. Because <laughs> I'm this this energy is committed to these other brothers and I don't want to shortchange what I kind of already got because of that yeah. and I don't want like you said I thought that was good too I don't yeah. want to shortchange somebody yeah. or lie to them about the commit to them, to them or... I, the commitment I can make to them yeah Mm-mm. I love that yeah. I do so I know you're a, a advocate for the foster children are you also helping people navigate what you've already navigated. I know you mm-hmm. talked about your book, right. and we want to, you know, when, wait, when the book coming out so I could. True. Or are you still working on it? Still working on okay, it. Okay, but still I'm, I'm gonna say this before it, it cannot be no later than August. Okay, it we're not really gonna rush it. We're, we're not gonna, gonna rush it. We're gonna let God take yeah. His time because I, it's a on. lot of stuff that I still have to write and some things that's been happening. I'm like, oh, I gotta put that in there. Yeah, but it's close to being completed because I really, the women 
have been asking for this type of book for three years. Yeah. Because they was like, we love the faucet, but we want something for us and what can help us. And I was like, all right, yeah. I'm going to give you all this dating book, but you 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 got to read it and, and, and understand from um, a men with trauma yeah. is really the angle. From, um, it, from that. But yeah, so yeah. you was asking me, Helping others. Helping others. Okay. Now I know we you do, do workshops. Okay. We do. I do foster care workshops. Um, I partner with some amazing um, people, especially turning points. Um, um, a couple uh, politicians. Um, a few nonprofits. Okay. So, a lot of uh, people, adults. <laughs> say what you want to say. I feel like you, you wanted uh, I'm, to I'm, say I'm, something. Yeah. <laughs> Being transparent. Ahead, a lot of people say. in the system, uh-huh. top to bottom, have no idea of what's going on with the foster children. They're trying to do surface. Okay. Surface services. So I meet you, right? The first thing I say is, you know what? I think that you need a man like this. You know what? You need a man that's going to do this, 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 and this. And guess what? I ain't even asked you what you even like. Yeah. So I was talking to this group of uh, social workers and advocates. I'm like, a lot of y'all, y'all talking to kids. Y'all not understanding them. Mm-hmm. What do I mean by that? You are talking like you're the master. And I always love this little karate reference. But technically, you're the student. Mm-hmm. You're talking to kids about which you can, the services, this, this. They want somebody, number one, to understand who they are. When I, and I was telling them, when I date a woman, I'm listening first. I'm not going to just tell her what I can offer. I need to listen first and then say, I see you had issues here. This is what I could do for you. Not me overly jumping the gun. And that's what happens. And that's why a lot of foster children, um, or the way they are when it as it relates to the system because they're not coming from a student standpoint. Yeah. What can I learn about you and how can I help? Yeah. But how I can need to I let you, you Yeah, let me hear what you say first, then we can talk. And so I I teach through workshops like that. I also teach workshops through the experience like I gave you. Okay. Because a lot of them they don't know what it's like. So they are helping foster children but they don't know what it's like to be in the foster child seat. Yeah. So then I also do the workshop where this is what it feels like. So when so when you're saying, how come you're not eating or how come you're acting up, I think you should probably ask them, are they getting sleep first? Because, see, you're, you're, you're attacking behavior, but then you're not asking them if they're sleeping or they're eating well. Yeah. You know, there's fundamentals to human beings. Like, number one, do you feel safe? Not... Why you having a bad day at school and why you fighting? Yeah. Hold on. Safety, um, his clothing, where he's sleeping at at night, what's happening to him at night. night yeah. Like, so I help the system, the people that ask me to do these workshops, come back down to this level and ignore all of their little books that they have because it doesn't make sense in the practical world. Gotcha. Also teach them about subcultures, too. Subcultures is like being black. My mom is black. My dad was black, but they didn't understand hip-hop. It's a subculture. So even though they love me, but they're big on Christianity. Mm-hmm. But they don't listen to my music. 
So at that time, back in the day, I'm listening to 50 Cent Get Rich or Die Trying. As a foster parent, you should not be letting your kid listen to that type of album. Yeah. But because foster parents in the system don't care about your subculture, they're losing generations of kids by not understanding what drill hip-hop is, mm-hmm. what um, Fortnite is, Call of Duty, where you can message and you can talk to kids and you can be talking to a grown man and you 15, and you shouldn't be. Wow. But since your parent and the system doesn't care anything about the gaming world, they're losing a generation of kids to games, and they don't know why little Jimmy is acting crazy or who he's talking to at midnight because he could talk through the gaming system, and you think they can only talk to people through the the computer and their cell phone. That's old. And so I'm just keep informing and educating them on the new techniques and the new things that are happening out there. I love that. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> like, I really do. I love yeah. it. I um I want to go back to something that you said, and I just want to I want to point this out. I don't know if everybody else heard this or caught this, but you talked about not only communication because we talk about that. People be like, what makes relationships as a whole work? Mm-hmm. Right, communication. But there's also comprehension. Mm-hmm. And that's all that I just heard you say is like <laughs> comprehension of what somebody said or comprehension and being able to have the eye to look at the root cause right. and not just the fruit that you're seeing. Correct. Right. So the fruit of a, a, a child in school acting out and not having the ability or taking the time to be like, hey, this is what you're communicating. You're angry. Mm-hmm. But. The comprehension is the why behind that Correct. of like why are you angry? So I hope I love I love that mm-hmm. you're doing a that. A student approach more so. Yeah, and, 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 we have and to studying. remain yeah. a student. Like I'm gonna remain a student until I leave here. Mm-hmm. I always say that. Like I want to learn until I go, wow. literally. And I love that in that space because I mean the space that works amazing in any space, but I mm-hmm. think it works particularly in that space of the why behind. Why you're acting out? Are you mm. not eating? Are you not feeling safe? Are mm. you in a space and place that you probably don't even know how to say, oh, somebody is doing something to me right. or somebody is there's a you mentioned earlier, a lock on the fridge, mm. which I can't imagine, though. I'm going to yell at my kids when they was young. <laughs> you go in that refrigerator one more time. Right. <laughs> but to have a, a physical lock on the refrigerator is something like you see on TV. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? That you don't really know People exists. don't think it exists. It exists, yeah, and it does. Mm-hmm. So I love that you're shedding light on that as well. Um, I'm going to ask you. Okay. <laughs> Look, I'm going to ask you because I want you to listen. Before we we um, we get out of here, we got mm-hmm. some more time, but I do want to ask if you will. You, I'm, I'm going to ask you to start thinking about it now because I do want you to share a little poetry. Okay. <laughs> For for the people who don't know, I'm ready for that. Yeah, I was about to say because um, <laughs> I I I have experienced it live, mm. um, and I'm I'm gonna get to hopefully he gonna say yeah y'all <laughs> he gonna say yeah, and um, I get to experience it again. But mm. it blessed me because, like you said, it allowed me to not, of course, physically I don't have the foster care um, experience, but I I felt you mm-hmm. in in that pl- I was like man. Like, it was magic for that day. It was, it I'm was mad a, because it was in the pandemic, so a lot of people didn't get to see it. It's it all was, right. 
It's well, only the beginning. Yeah. You know how God kind of show you a little bit, like here, yeah, a little like bit go here, ahead, mess little with peak it, right there, and then you know. They said that, like, and I, don't, I always get biblical. You know, <laughs> uh -huh. David was practicing a long time with that wow. slingshot before he got to use it in public. So, so they think I, he just used it when Goliath. That's not yeah, true. He was already right. he was in the lab. That's why he grabbed. I was about to say that's why he grabbed it. He yeah. couldn't wear. He couldn't put on the other type of armor because he mm. was already prepared for that. So I, I, I think that you look at that play like that. That's, oh, nice. I like that's that. practice. That's practice that. for a bigger stage right. that you will have because it's amazing. So as you have been thinking, and I know you're gonna bless the you're gonna bless the space. This you're gonna bless the space <laughs> with a with a poem. If you would give me a little a little something. Give me something for the listeners. Um. Okay. <laughs> Let's see. Look, Let's everybody who, see. who, all the creators always do this, right? <laughs> Singers, poets, they always like what? What am? What am I saying? What yeah, because it's like, ooh. Ooh, give them something. I mean, we can't go wrong. Okay. Yeah. So, um, I was so I, one of the poems I had brought up was um the therapy I called the stories of a false child. So we just do a little sample of that. Okay. So this poem was written. Just so they had to take you through it. Mm -hmm. So this poem was written because when you're in foster care, they keep asking you these questions. Like, do you love your mom? How you feel about this? How you feel about that? They keep asking you over and over and over again. And so I wanted to have a poem where I just release what I felt mm -hmm. and tell the truth about the questions. So I hated foster care. It felt like an Airbnb app for the poverty kids, except for you can't give five stars to abusive parents. You can't give tips to a roach-infested house. And I hated my used clothes. You could still smell the six people that wore it before me. It was something about hand-me-downs. You could still feel the disappointed souls that cried on the collar. I hated my sneakers. They always had that lean. They needed the grandma cane. I always wonder why Foot Locker never accepted Medicaid. You are now listening to the stories of a foster child. They asked me how I feel about my mother. Well, life gave me an epidural in my tongue so it goes numb every time we're talking about birthing our relationship. How am I supposed to feel about a woman who left me to die? Do it look like I'm that crumpled up birth certificate you're trying to find when you finally trying to get your passport? You are now listening to the stories of a foster child. They asked me how I feel about my brother. Well, he told me, when he was young, that he did have to drink out of the back of a toilet. What black boy in America should try to quench his thirst the same place where he emptied his guts? That's yuck. I'm talking to the doctor, and the doctor, I think we should probably shut this session down. We're starting to knock on the monster that's been snoozing since my childhood, waking him up with three shots of espresso, letting him snort a couple lines of pre-workout powder. And my foster mom, she always said there was a little boy inside of me that was playing with matches near his forehead. Thinks the only way to get rid of his memories is by setting his skull on fire. You're now listening to the stories of Foster Chop. Wow. Give it up. Wow. <laughs> I hear him going crazy. I hear him going that crazy. That comes on the stage, y'all. <laughs> Security gill. But yeah. Thank you so, for that. That's yeah. That was dope. Thanks, that man. was dope. So that's just like you said, just walking you through it's like what I felt and you know that's pure raw emotion put on a pad yeah. and just letting people know 
This is the story of a foster child, and there's so many like that right now. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Even while we are comfortable in this little, you know, this studio mm-hmm. and laughing it up and talking, there's somebody that's being transferred to a house right now. Wow. Um, in all parts of Jersey. So, and so, I tell people when I'm doing the art to remind them of that. Like, I'm talking about it from this standpoint as I'm eating and got some money now and I'm okay, but somebody in Newark, when I was in Newark performing at the kid, somebody in Newark right now, y'all have no idea, like thousands of foster kids right now, Trenton, you know, Camden, and then all those small towns in between mm-hmm. that we try to ignore because I was in Sickleville, I was there. Yeah. So our foster children throughout the state of New Jersey is in every single county, all parts of it, whether it's the city, countryside, or just the suburbs. So, yeah. yeah. So I, I, before before we wrap up, um, tell us about what's your vision for what I could think you have coming up and mm-hmm. what you overall see yourself doing. I mean, you're doing a lot, but yeah. I know it's bigger than that. And what you can't share, because I know everybody vision, you be like, I can't share that. I really God. can't give y'all yeah, that, because re- really it ain't it. even that deep. I hate but, when people do that. But, no, <laughs> but you know, you're working on something. Yeah, yeah. but like, what what does your vision look like of what you could do more of, yeah. or in a space and place? Like, what does that look like for well, you? Yeah, I'm work, my, the, 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 the videos I've been dropping, mm-hmm. we're going towards a series. Okay. And I just want to do a better job. My my being the first foster care pulled in the history of the United States is just a really good job of telling the stories of the foster kids mm-hmm. so that everyone knows at least. And me doing a good job with that from all these different perspectives yeah. and being okay with that. Okay. So, you know, right now it's through the poetry. Hopefully we we're working on a short film. I've well, really Yeah, well, well. Well, well, it's a lot of money involved in that. Yes, well. <laughs> <laughs> but we wanna. But I don't want to do it like y'all. Like y'all have seen a lot of foster care movies. A lot of people will mm-hmm. tell you about, but they're not poetry anchored. Okay. So um, I want to really um, express that and articulate that in a better form. Okay. Do more, please. Yeah. Because you brought it up, and another lady brought it up. Like. She was like, I remember you. I'm like, how you remember me? She was like, yo, I was at your play. I came to it. And I, and I was like, wow. And I had was frustrated about that because it didn't do what I thought it should do. Yeah. But I know that there's power there. So I definitely want to um, do more plays. And then, of course, um, talk about foster care through poetry and the biggest stages in the world. Yeah. Like, the award shows, all that. Like, That's coming. They need... Yeah. There's a lot of people who are walking around who are foster kids and they don't even know it because we are also kinship care kids. Okay. So kinship is like you said, being raised by your grandma, being raised by your aunt. Mm-hmm. Come on, everybody in the hood know they everybody... don't wanna say they foster kids, but if you was raised by your aunt, granny and granny, like yeah. that's foster kids. That's care. foster care. But there's no system involvement. Mm-hmm. So but yeah, so there's but a lot of explanation. The same. Yeah, traumas in certain areas. Wow. Yeah. So on a big grand scale thing, you know, just be more fly, more you know, have more fun. <laughs> um, and we know we talked about a lot of heavy things here. Yeah. But foster care, um, it had the sun did shine on me. Yeah. Um, I well, have you a poem here right now. Yeah, I have a poem called uh, "Finally Adopted," 
and I talk about how happy I was being in the courtroom, um, having my name changed. Yeah. Um, uh, my mom. Um, why well, we didn't talk about that, but my mom actually saying it's okay to call me mom. That was huge. Yeah. Um, and then being a part of a family that's like, yo, nobody wanted you or nobody really felt, nobody was there for you, but we are. And, you know, having that identity and walking out the courtroom like, yo, I, I'm I'm a Pinkney now. That's the last name. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm Pinkney now. Don't matter. Um, and some of us did get to see uh, the sun. Yeah. And so all of it's not bad. But because we got the chance to see the sun, we got to go back where it's cloudy at. Yeah. And then say, yo, shine a light. Here go the light. Y'all yeah. can, y'all can. This can turn out well too. Okay. But we got to work on it. And once you get to see the sun, gotta go back to the dark and help somebody else. And that's how we keep constantly helping people. I love that exchange. And like you said, like I told you <laughs> earlier, you know what I mean? Like I told you earlier, like my mom said, yo, I helped you with nothing. I didn't want nothing. So you gotta go back and do the same and help people. And be that perfect stranger for them. So yeah. Yeah. So you got to tell the people how to get in contact with you and where they can find you, <laughs> find all the, the other poetry that you had. They got a little taste, but they just yeah, that's that's just that, was little, little, that was that was light. That's a little bit. Yeah. Um. So yeah, everything is ambition a poet. I mean, ambition a poet on Facebook. Okay. Instagram, Google, email. <laughs> You know everything. You can find me. Um, I definitely want to make sure I plug that I am doing a lot of uh, coaching now. Okay. So um, I'm excited about all the amazing clients. I want to shout out all the amazing clients who are learning about poetry, learning about their public speaking, mm-hmm. um, because that passion um, was built in high school where I was going through much. I had to say something because yeah. I'm like I'm being bullied. <laughs> the girls ain't giving me no numbers. <laughs> the teachers looking at me weird. I'm gonna start rapping, and yeah. so that was the birth of me and my public speaking journey and being in front of people. Okay. So I just want to say, you know, thank you to all of the people who are being coached by me. Okay. And if you find ambition a poet, you also I don't just do poetry. I also teach it. Okay. I also coach a public speaker with what as it relates to performing and being on stage. Okay. Um, and being confident in themselves. Um, but yeah, other than that, ambition to pull it all over and you will see the amazing work and make sure y'all watch uh, my last two videos. Send Which them one? to me because I'm going to link them. I'm yeah, link cause them. You, oh, you can link it on I'll, them? I'll link them in yeah. my YouTube and everything. So send them to me. And mm-hmm. I like I, thank you for coming. Thank you Absolutely. for coming a long way and dropping so many oh, trans, transparent jewels. Transparent um, bombs. And I, I, I know that. Yes, yes <laughs> DJ. Bombs, we right? see you in the back. Y'all can't see him, but he's nice with it. He's been doing a little ding-dings. I hear you. I appreciate that. But, um... Just more to come. I'll I'll say that more to come. I'm Absolutely. looking forward to seeing what God does in your life. Okay. Yeah. And 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 you're going to be in the building when I do the next play. Yeah. Why right, we got you on is. record? Y'all hear that? Listen. We got her on record. She's going to be there. Listen. Up front. You can already ask Brenda. <laughs> when I say I'm coming, I'm coming. So, okay. Yeah. I was Definitely. there the first time. She missed. She actually missed the first time she was on the show. She missed. Um, I think one of y'all rehearsals to be on the show. So oh, I don't know that one. Uh-huh. But we will see you next week. I'll holler at y'all later. See y'all. See y'all.